0: Relax, and get set to travel back in time. Here's Joey. Hey, thanks, Todd. Welcome to another edition of Celebrity
1: Interviews with me, Joey Mitchell. So glad you could drop by. Today, we're taking a look back, way back, to a guy that I got to meet on stage in Livermore, California. Not because he expected me to, but because I was going to surprise him in a dress with combat boots, a mustache, a cigar... (laughs) And a big purse. It was the first time I'd be performing Luscious Lucy. It's the record that uh, actually charted on Billboard as a novelty song back in 78, 79. And the guy who originally sang the song is Joe Stampley. He sang the song, If You've Got 10 Minutes, Let's Fall in Love. Now, I would played the song so many times on KRAK, and he'd always have an open-ended conversation. In other words, he'd say, Hi, what's your name? And there'd be a pause. Then he'd say, where are you from? Pause. Are you married? Well, I played it so many times. Frankly, I wanted to say something in between those lines. And I finally opened the mic one day and he said, hi, what's your name? And I said, Luscious Lucy. And he said, where are you from? I said, Looney Lincoln. And he said, are you married? No, I'm luckily lonely. And I ad-libbed the entire song. Every time he asked a question, I'd answer it with another stupid comeback. When I finished a jingle played and another song started, the phone lines in the studio lit up. People wanted me to play it again. I thought, oh my goodness, play it again. I just ad-libbed that. I didn't record it. But so many calls came in, I decided to play it again actually record my voice over the song and then put it on a tape so that we could play it whenever people requested it. Well, the requests were so incredible that we finally contacted Joe Stampley's manager and asked him if Joe would give me the rights to sing the song, my version. Using my friend, a very successful local singer's voice, Bo Melgreen, to sing Joe Stampley's parts and I do the Luscious Lucy as myself. And his manager said, yeah, okay, on one condition. You have to surprise Joe because he'll be in Livermore, California doing a concert on stage and I want you to walk out on stage and do Luscious Lucy while he tries to sing If You've Got 10 Minutes, Let's Fall In Love. Well, I tracked Joe down after all these years If I didn't get a hold of him and asked him if he'd be willing to do this. He said, Joey, do you realize that we did that 44 years ago? Well, there was a big gap in the conversation. He's there. Hello, Joey? Joey? That was me getting up off the floor, because to me it seemed like yesterday. So here is the interview with Joe Stampley after 44 years, and that concert in Livermore. Now, you live in Nashville, or you live outside of town?
2: I live outside of Nashville. I live about 30 miles south, uh, close to a town called Franklin, Tennessee. I live about 10 miles from Franklin, Tennessee.
1: A little country home, don't you?
2: There you have it.
1: That's wonderful. Do you have any animals on the farm? Or?
2: Uh, well, uh, we don't have any pets, but uh, we've got deer, we've got turkey. We got bobcats, we got coyotes uh, that come through here.
1: A little bit of everything comes through here, man. That's so cool, man. So, for those of you who are familiar with the name Joe Stampley, and my involvement with Joe, it goes back quite a few years. Uh, We did this thing on stage for, if you've got 10 minutes, let's fall in love, where I showed up in a dress as Luscious Lucy. And uh, nobody told you about it, right, Joe? I, I just jumped up on stage and shocked you?
2: it was a pretty pretty good shock yeah, it was,
1: yeah. <laughs> now what shocked me was when we were talking about doing this the other day you told me that was 44 years ago
2: Absolutely, yeah. Uh, I think uh, that was a show I was on with uh, Tammy Wynette and and uh, Freddie Fender.
1: Freddie Fender in Livermore, and there was like five thousand people there. I show up in this slinky black dress, mustache, combat boots, a cigar, and a big purse. And every time we sang, "If you got ten minutes, let's fall in love," and you'd ask a question like, "Hi, what's your name?" I'd say, "Luscious Lucy," and you'd say, "Where are you from?" "Looney Lincoln," and then you'd look at me and start laughing I'd hit you on the head with the purse and that made it even (laughs) you're a good sport man to put up with that
2: nonsense that was 44 years ago
1: that freaks me out because to me it was like yesterday you know we recut that because you wouldn't you didn't want to cover your own song you told me so i recorded that with a fellow by the name of bo melgreen and believe it or not our silly song charted on Cashbox one week we were 98 and olivia newton john was 99 in the top 100 next week we were gone forever and she was number two but hey for that one week joe <laughs>
2: Well, at least you can say you made it into the charts.
1: <laughs> now, that was a big hit for you back in in '78. In fact, you had a slash of hits uh, that year. That was a that was a great year
2: for you. I had a good had a good run during that time. I had uh, uh, ten minutes to fall in love, and uh, then I had a song called "Do You Ever Fool Around." and I had another song called "Red Wine and Blue Memories." All those three were three in a row, <laughs> and they were all you know top five songs. In the country charts.
1: Let's go back to the beginning. You're like in the 10th grade and you're watching this band on stage in in a local rec room, right? And your friends say, hey, why don't you get up on stage and sing a couple of songs? Am I right? Is that how it happened?
2: Well, the way it happened, uh, when I was in high school, a bunch of my friends uh, wanted me to be in this little thing, you know, with people singing. And so I did. I got up. And I sang the old Clarence Frogman Henry song, Ain't Got No Home. I love that song. You sing like a girl and you sing like a frog. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and I won, uh, won first uh, place at that little talent show thing. And I won $10. And I said, boy, this is worth that.
1: <laughs> so the, the band that was playing, that was uh, the Uniques, but that wasn't their name at the time, is that right?
2: Well, well no, the, uh, the, that was before the Uniques. Oh, I see. had a band at that time, but the first band I joined up with was a band called The Cut-Ups out of Magnolia, Arkansas, which is my hometown, Spring Hill, Louisiana. It's right on the Arkansas border. It's one mile from Arkansas and 30 miles from East Texas. And so uh, I joined up with that band for a while. And uh, what it was, when they were playing, they were playing a, a gig there in Spring Hill, Louisiana at the rec center. And so they were playing along, so a bunch of my friends said, hey, I'm going to go up there and tell that guy we want to get you up there and you sing some songs. <laughs> uh, they got up there and told the band, said, we got a guy who we want to hear sing some songs. And so he said, come bring him on, bring him on. I got up and sang three or four songs, and then uh, after the gig was over, they asked me to join up with them and uh, become their lead singer. And so I said, okay, you got it. And then, then after that, a band played out, The cutups. Uh, we formed a band called The Uniques. And The Uniques, we had uh, three or four uh, songs that made the top uh, 100 Billboard chart back in the 60s. That's amazing. What
1: a way to start. Because that's before American Idol and uh, America's Got Talent, you know. So you really had to be lucky back in those days, huh?
2: Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Before before that happened, though, I, I had a dear friend, uh, that was living in Spring Hill at the time, Merle Kilgore. He was a songwriter, singer, and he would do uh, the Louisiana Hayride, and he was known as the Boogie King on the Louisiana Hayride in Shreveport, Louisiana. And I would go down, he was a disc jockey during the week there in Spring Hill, and I would go down to the radio station and uh, play some songs I had written and everything, and he said, I think I can get you a deal with Lou Chud, who owns Imperial Records and... Hollywood, California. I said, You're kidding. He said, No, I really do. He said, I think I can. So, <laughs> sure enough, uh, well, I got a, a two wreck. We we'll cut four sides on the session, and uh, uh, gosh, I was in Hog Head. I was 15 years old at the time. My mom and dad drove us out to California, and uh, we had a great time. And boy, I was writing songs with the time. Ronnie Campbell, he went with us, and he had a ball. And uh, we just, uh, just had a great time out there. and Of course, the songs didn't do anything, but at least we got a shot. You. Oh,
1: yeah, man. That's what counts. You know, you're getting... Experience. Now, when you were seven, your mom and dad, once again, took you to a radio station in the area because uh, Hank Williams Sr. was on.
2: And... He, You got to meet him, right? Yeah, yeah, Joey, we were living at that time. I was seven years old. We had moved from Spring Hill, Louisiana to Baytown, Texas. And so my mom, she loved country music. And and, uh, I could sing every Hank Williams song that had ever been put out when I was seven years old our boy the radio station was right down the street from where we were living and she said you want to go meet hank williams i said shoot yeah <laughs> and luckily the same morning johnny hart oh, my they goodness. were doing some shows together in the, the baytown area and and uh i got to meet him also and, and uh he was always one of my favorite country singers too
1: now hank gave you some advice way back then that that sticks with you to today. What would, what did he say to you?
2: I told him how glad I was to meet him, and, and I said, I can sing every song you ever put out. He said, well, let me tell you what, Joe. He said, don't try to sing them like me. Just be yourself and sing them the way you feel them, and, and don't copy anybody. And so that stuck with me for years, and wow. uh, it, it was a, a great thing for him to say to me, you know.
1: Great advice from a great man. That is awesome. You're seven years old. So, you know, I mean, the the stardom gods were looking down at you from, from near birth, buddy. You were destined to be a super country star. Well,
2: I tell you, when I was young, even before we moved to Baytown, Texas, I was listening to Hank Williams, Sr. on the uh, KWKH radio station in Shreveport, Louisiana. He had an early morning program, and, and he was sponsored by Johnny Fair Sm- Syrup. <laughs> a truck company up around 34 and uh, I would remember he would end his little 15 minute shows each morning. If the Lord's willing and the creeks don't rise, we'll see you in the morning at a quarter to five. <laughs> Joe Hank signing off. You know That's good. So,
1: when do you hook up with Mo Bandy?
2: Well, Mo and I are going to be together here in just a week or so. Uh, it's, it is the 4th of June. We're going to be in Hinton, uh, Oklahoma at Sugar Creek Casino. It's a big casino and the showroom holds a about 1700 people and We've played it a couple of times already and it's packed the place out and, and uh, I guess that's why we're going back for the third time. So and that's going to be a fun thing on Saturday, June the 4th.
1: And aren't you coming to Shreveport too uh, where Elvis actually performed?
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in July, we have a date in uh, Shreveport, Louisiana of all places at the Municipal Auditorium. And the Municipal Auditorium was where they used to do the Louisiana Hayride. Wow. And that's where Elvis got his start and Hank Williams was there all the time. Johnny Harden. Carl Smith was there all the time. And Webb Pierce. And uh, Baron Young. Oh my Nashville goodness. Wow. Uh, all those guys played that Louisiana Hayride. Louisiana Hayride could have been what the Grand Ole Opry is in Nashville. But for some reason, they shut it down and to Nashville took over with the the Grand Ole So you and uh,
1: and Mo, I mean, you won vocal duo how many times uh, with the ACMs and and with the CMAs?
2: You, yeah, you- we won three times, and and uh, we were tickled to death and uh, just honored to win those awards. And when uh, Mo and I got together in nineteen. 19- The first song that was put out on us Was a song called Just Good Old Boys And it went straight to number one And we had several other songs That were in the top five all the time As Mo and Joe And uh, that's why we're doing now Our 40 year reunion dates you see
1: Unbelievable Now this whole thing of you and Mo Was your idea You're sitting in a restaurant in England right And you're talking about Waylon and Willie And how they're doing these duets and, And doing so well And you figure, why don't I try that? Is that more or less what happened?
2: Yeah, uh, we were doing the Wembley Festival, Country Music Festival. And Mo was on the show and I was on the show. And both of us were on the same label. I was on Epic Records and he was on Columbia, which is CBS Records. At the time, Mm -hmm. and so uh, we got that. I took my my keyboard player was the leader of the band at the time, ansley Fleetwood, and Ray and his producer Ray Baker. They invited us to to go eat a hamburger at the Hard Rock Cafe in London, England, and we we met up with them that night. And and I just off the top of my head, I asked him. I said, Yeah, I said, what do y'all think about this new Waylon and Willie song, Good Hearted Woman? And they said, Oh, we love it, man. I said, Well, don't Waylon and Willie ring a bell? They said, Yes, it does. Next thing we're saying is, uh, Mo might have said it, I might have said it. I don't remember. But once one of us said, Hey, I think Mo and Joe would ring (laughs) up. Folks out there, if we did some good up tempo uh, kick butt redneck country music, you know. (laughs) And sure enough, my piano player took that message, and before we got back to Nashville, he had written Just Good Old Boy.
1: For you, too. Wow. One of my favorite songs was a song you almost didn't record. He says, roll on, Big Mama. Tell, me, tell me why you didn't want to do it.
2: Well, I tell you what. Uh, Naro Wilson was producing me at the time. He said, Joe, I, I found a, a great song for you, man. And when he played it to me, the writer of the song had just demoed the song with a guitar vocal. That's all it was on the the dub demo, and and he was singing it kind of like Hank Snow. Uh, and and I said, No, I don't. I don't hear me doing that song. And Naro said, Look, trust me. He said, I'm going to open this song up with an 18-wheeler releasing the air brakes, blowing the air horns, and you're going to come in solo by yourself, saying, roll on, big mouth. And he said, just trust me, Joe. And so I did. And it became
1: the number one record. Thank God you trusted him, man. I must have wore the grooves out of that thing. I played it so many times. Are you coming to California anytime soon?
2: Well, we may be out there before too long. We're we're. Picking up uh, some more dates uh, Good. because uh, our dear friend Mickey Gilly just passed away. Yeah,
1: that broke my heart, man.
2: And he and Johnny Lee were doing a lot of dates together. It's the Urban Cowboy mm-hmm. show. And so they called us now and said, hey, uh, the people that booked them said we put together some shows that, you know, Johnny Lee and Mickey Gilly were doing together. We call it the Urban Cowboy Good Old Boy uh, Package, you know, or whatever, or tour, whatever. And so, uh, they've already picked up two, two or three dates already.
1: That's great.
2: And Mickey passed away. Yeah. And I uh, bless his heart. I hated to hear that on him, but, uh, and then I hated to hear it on Winona. Uh, that's her daughter, uh, uh, Naomi. Naomi, bless her heart.
1: That was, that was terrible.
2: She was a sweet lady. They had a great thing going together as the judge. Yeah, yeah. Winona, she'll continue on.
1: That broke my heart, too. Wow. And then uh, Charlie Rich.
2: Oh, man, I was a huge Charlie Rich fan. In high school, I was singing Lonely Weekend. Mm Mm-hmm. A little trivia for you. I don't know if you new or not, but I cut the first version of The Most Beautiful Girl. Oh, no kidding. Charlie Rich worked it up off of my album.
1: <laughs> Isn't that something? Hey, well, if you come to California, my friend, you got my number now. You better call me. Oh,
2: yeah. I'll give you a buzz. Yeah. Richard. So
1: we can A, promote it, and I promise you I won't show up in a dress this time. <laughs>
2: that okay thank you very
1: much <laughs> <laughs> all right man we're talking of course to the one and only joe stampley kind enough to to call me after 44 years man to talk about luscious lucy if you've got 10 minutes and his amazing career continued success my friend
2: i tell you what uh uh i've, I've been very fortunate i, I can i consider myself having three different careers mm-hmm. i started out uh as uh, with the Uniques, my rock and roll band, and we were had uh, in the Arkla, Texas area. We were the band, and uh, we had, uh, as a matter of fact, a little trivia for you. Don Henley of the Eagles now came to our shows. He was from a little town called Linden, Texas, which is only about 80 miles from my hometown of Spring Hill, Louisiana. And when we would play Texarkana or some of the towns in East Texas. He and his band, he had a band called The Four Speeds at the time. And uh, they would come and he, I, he, he uh, would stand right in front of the band, watch everything we did. And then the next thing I know, here comes the Eagle, <laughs> And man, I've been to see them now four different times. I love the
1: Eagles. Isn't that something? That is amazing. Now, now, was it tough for you to get into the world of country music coming from rock? I mean, did some of the uh, uh, the legendary names in country kind of resent that, or, or Ooh. not?
2: No, I tell you what. Uh, I, I I had uh, just about run my deal with the Uniques. We we've been together for twelve years, and I started writing some country songs. And uh, uh, Merle Gilmore hooked me up with uh, a guy named Al Gallico. Al Gallico Publishing out of New York City. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, he loved what I was writing. And he said, you know what? When your contract runs up with Paulo Records there in Shreveport, Louisiana, I think I can get you a deal with uh, Dot Records in Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, they, went, they went to ABC Dot Records, you know. And um, sure enough, he did. And my third single was a, a top ten country song called If You Touch Me got to love him. that was in
1: 1972 I think wow yeah it was uh, Al Gallico who I talked to about uh, the rights to uh, to uh, redo if you've got 10 minutes and, and he said yeah go ahead so I did speak to him he, he was something else man a real powerhouse
2: he was a powerhouse and i tell you what he was he was, he knew a hit song when he heard it yeah. and he was he was like a record promotion guy yeah radio stations he he could get a song played when nobody else could.
1: Very cool guy, man.
2: And yeah, I hate so bad he's gone. But uh, what's amazing, uh, Joey, is most of the Gallico clan that was here in Nashville—they're all gone now—and and I'm about the only one left. Uh, 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 Naro Wilson, great producer. Billy Sherrill, great producer. George Ritchie was married to Tammy Wynette, and of course Tammy Wynette was in the Gallico uh, group, and so was George Jones. And I did shows for them in the seventies, you know, late seventies. And uh, uh, but everybody, uh, a guy named uh, uh, Oh gosh, I'll think of it. He was married to Lynn Anderson. Um, I can't think of it. But anyway, he passed away too. So all my dear friends, uh, yeah. Going back to some more, uh, one that got me, that produced the first hit record on the mix, a guy named Dale Hawkins, who had the original Osus so, uh, he passed away here a while back, and uh, so I lost a lot of my dear friends. Uh,
1: you know, my father-in-law told me that when I was a young man. He said, the worst thing about getting old is you keep going to more and more funerals of your friends. And boy, is that true.
2: It is the truth. Lost so many dear friends here in the last four or five years. It's unbelievable.
1: Let's leave on a happy note. What's the goofiest thing that ever happened to you while you were on stage?
2: Well, let's see.
1: Besides me jumping up there in a dress.
2: <laughs> well, besides you <laughs> stage, uh, when, when I had the rock and roll band of Uniques, we did uh, two Dick Clark uh, caravan tours, and we drove to California for that. And we pulled a trailer. And we backed uh, I and uh, Dick and Dee, Dee. Oh, wow. Called the Mountains High. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. But anyway, on that trip, uh, one of our, our guitar players, Bobby Sims at the time, uh, we had done a show, and we were going to try to just drive on to the next gig, you know, and, and uh, uh, be smart and be there and get a lot of rest and everything. So we stopped to get gasoline. And back then in the sixties gasoline wasn't but about forty sixty gallons. But anyway, our, our guitar player, he was doing the driving, so he filled up the car and got in the car, cranked it up, and forgot to take the nozzle oh. of the gas tank and pull the gas pump down. Oh. <laughs> and that we we all thought it was funny, but he was oh he was he was hurt. Oh man tore down, let me tell you.
1: Oh, yeah, that's terrible.
2: <laughs> but it did happen.
1: So how far did you get from the gas station with that thing dangling out of the tank?
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, he, well, soon as he, soon as he took off, it made such a noise. <laughs> he slammed on the brakes. We all jumped out of the car. The first thing that was said was, don't anybody light a cigarette? Oh, <laughs>
1: God bless you, my friend. I can't tell you how much I enjoy talking to you. It's uh, Joe Stampley, folks, from uh, Nashville, Tennessee. His home about 30 miles from there. And uh, continued success, my friend. Hope to see you soon.
2: I uh, enjoyed talking to you, Joey. And, and thank you for uh, uh, redoing that song, Ten Minutes to Fall in Love. as <laughs> luscious uh, <his> <laughs> and, and uh, uh... That real
0: again. that's all for today's episode of Celebrity Interviews with Joey Mitchell. Join us again next week for another well-known celebrity that most likely only aired once on Joey's show until now. Now you can subscribe to the podcast at patreon.com slash joeymitchellpodcast patreon.com slash Podcast. and you'll never miss an episode or extras only available to subscribers. Please visit and like Joey Mitchell's podcast on Facebook and tell us what you think. Thanks for listening.